Welcome to Day 6 Ranch Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Swick. On this show, we share testimonies from all aspects of the equine industry that will inspire you to pursue your purpose, optimize your potential, and prevail in peace. If you want to get more out of life and build your legacy-worthy lifestyle, we encourage you to visit day6ranch.com to stay connected. Welcome everybody to another week here at Day 6 Ranch Podcast. Yes, you heard me right. If you're a Let Freedom Reign Podcast follower, you are still in the right spot. Based on brand alignment, we've changed the name to Day 6 Ranch Podcast and we'll continue to feature some of the greatest in the equine industry. This week we feature Riley Olson of Ride Prosperously Ministries. Riley has done an incredible job teaching young men the value of life, developing various trades, and showing them leadership skills from a biblical perspective. RPM Ranch features a sale every summer where boys from their youth program will develop young horses, share their testimony, and run the horses through the sale. Additionally, in the fall, Riley has developed a program where these young men develop the skill set and ability to halt or break the young horses and again learn the biblical principles associated to such task. For more on Ride Prosperously Ministries, you can visit rpmranch.org and stay connected with Riley as this ministry grows. This week, we're at the Fort Worth Mustang Show at the Will Rogers Coliseum in Fort Worth, Texas. It has been amazing to watch what the trainers have done with their Mustangs in the last 100 days, and we're excited to watch them compete and show off the incredible abilities of their Mustangs. VIP tickets are still available through day6ranch.com, and we encourage you to come out to the VIP experience to hang out with Dan James of Double Dam Horsemanship and Elliot Holtzman of Versatile Horsemanship as we tour Will Rogers Coliseum ahead of the Top 10 Finals Saturday night. Your VIP ticket includes all the VIP festivities ahead of the event, as well as VIP seating to the top 10 finals starting at 6 p.m. Saturday. We hope to see you all there. Again, we thank you all for your continued support over the years for Let Freedom Reign podcast. We are excited at the opportunity with Day 6 Ranch podcast and encourage you to visit day6ranch.com to stay connected with all we have going. We hate to keep you all waiting any longer. Here is our conversation with Riley Olson. Well, good morning, Riley Olson. I can't uh, thank you enough for setting time aside to come on today's Six Ranch podcast and share with us a little bit. How's things going? Hey, good morning, Jason. It's so good to be with you this morning and and, uh, so grateful that you'd have me on your podcast. It's pretty exciting for me. So we're doing good over here. Good, good, good. How the uh, how the dust has probably settled from the sale, I presume. Tell me about the sale. Yeah, yeah. The the dust has settled. It seems like (laughs) things are quiet here. It's uh, uh, but you know, we had a great sale the, the market is, is definitely pretty soft right now. It's kind of softening up and, and, uh, we weren't sure what to expect. Uh, uh Jason, I'll tell you, there's so many variables that, yeah. that come into play. And when we were looking at, uh, our, our whole new start here and kind of a little change in our program, uh, you know, typically what we're looking at is having, uh, young men working with horses and then being able to tell their story and uh and it's amazing how god works because this year we didn't have that and we were worried that we didn't have the young men that were there to tell the story uh this year you normally our horses are have three months or more of riding on them and they're doing really well and and this year we didn't have that and and we kind of realized that this year we don't have a lot of stuff that we normally have but but we have a vision Mm -hmm. and we know kind of where god wants us to go and and uh you know, it's, it, it was the timing of the sale was where we, uh, needed it to be, but, uh, uh d- due to the, uh, uh, all the, the requirements we have to meet to get our, our new program up and running, we haven't been able to get boys in yet. And so there's, so we didn't have the boys and we weren't sure how things were going to go, but I'll tell you what, they did really well. We wound up averaging about 3450 on our coach oh, and, uh, and really for where the market's at right now, I was really pleased with that or, um, but, but the, the greatest success of the sale that I'd, I'd have to speak to is the is the fact of how many people came out to the sale and came out to support us and what we're doing out here. We had a lot of bidders that came out and uh, and just people just come out to watch. And and uh, I'll tell you what the most encouraging thing to me at the sale is we printed up a lot of uh, merchandise, some RPM Ranch uh, T-shirts and some RPM Ranch ball caps and, and sent them out to sell. And, and I didn't know if we'd sell any of them but we we printed a bunch of them up and 
and we got sold out of everything and we had to take orders and no kidding yeah that was really a cool thing it, it just told me there's actually I mean, people are believing in us and and uh looking forward to us continuing on and and uh doing some big things so so i was so grateful for the uh the support that we got from people that was a, a huge thing and it's such a blessing from god so but but yeah now this dust is settled and and we're catching our breath a little bit and getting on with some projects around the ranch here good stuff well riley let's talk about your start you've been involved in the horse world on some facet for the vast majority of your life but let's talk about the evolution how you got your start and how things yeah. came to be and then we'll, we'll feed into your involvement in rpm ranch okay yeah um well it's uh it's it's amazing how much water's passed under the bridge now yeah. i think back on my start but uh, but uh you know i grew up in wyoming and my grandparents uh had a had a pretty good sized ranch and and you know when i was really little and four and five years old i remember uh we still took cows on pretty long cattle drives and and i'd get to ride some of that and and they run oh i think they said that time they were probably running about 600 head of mama cows and we'd and we'd trail them miles and we'd go work cows and we'd just be a part of the ranching life when i was really little and i just i just fell in love with it and and uh my dad was in construction so as i grew up i started working more construction and uh still went and, and helped out on some ranches and some stuff and i just my heart just kind of got knit to horses and and i had to make a decision one day that what i was going to do with my life and i decided to to kind of leave my hammers and tape measures behind and, and <laughs> chase after horses so uh so I, they were always a part of my life and and about, about the time i was 16 or 17 is when i made that call and i just I actually my it's amazing when you look back, especially thinking in today's way. I was 16. There was no cell phones. There was nothing like that around at the time. And and I told my dad I really wanted to learn more about breaking horses. And, and uh, um, I found a guy. And I was up in Wyoming, and this guy was in southern Utah. And uh, he would take me on and teach me some horses if I'd come down and work for him. So, so my dad, uh, at 16, my dad gave me uh, the keys to his pickup. And no kidding. all the way down there I had nothing but an atlas to try to find my way down there and and i stayed down there for almost two months and uh we paid this guy to let me work with him and and that's where i got my start in training and it was just a, it was called the triple seven ranch uh it was a christian ranch a guy named joe keefler and bob tumor ran that and and that just started my life down that uh, path of uh, learning about round pinning horses and learning about uh, uh, you know kind of some Ray Hunt methods and Tom Doran's methods of stuff and it was just opened my eyes to some incredible things and 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 I was hooked and I it's all I want to do with my life is is train horses and and work on ranches and so I actually went off to a little junior college that had some more uh, horse training teachings and, and classes that they offered and and got my degree in horse management and and then went off and just started working on different ranches through uh worked up in northern idaho for a little while and then uh for jim leachman at the hairpin cavy rode all his colts for a little while and that was a pretty neat experience and so i just kind of bounced around just riding as many horses as i could as i could ride as uh one year i was riding 24 horses a day for a guy and Wow. Laramie, Wyoming, and, and just a gobs of experience. It was just a really incredible time. And so, so yeah, I loved it. I just really wanted to follow horses. But but I did have another passion in my life that I wasn't really aware of as much. Uh, I was raised in a Christian home and and taught the Bible and went to church all the time. And and even when I got out on my own, I just felt like I should keep going to church. And I did. And, and I'll tell you, Jason, the Lord had spoke to me at different times, you know, not nothing audibly, but it just kind of moved in my heart. And and I, I realized one day I thought God might want me doing more than just pushing a bunch of cows around and sitting on the back of a colt. And so uh, I wound up going to Bible college and uh, trying to learn a little bit more about about God's word and his direction for me and what he could use me for. And and uh, man, long story short, I uh, graduated Bible college and, and thought I'd pastor a church in Wyoming, moved back there. That didn't work out. So I got a job on a yearling outfit working on a ranch for a couple of years and helping out the local church there. And, 
and uh, get a phone call from Missouri, and and they have a they needed a, a guy to come out and start a ranch program for a boarding school and and to help troubled boys. And so my wife and I moved out here and and started out here. Been out here uh, eleven years working for that place and and keeping you know and teaching boys horsemanship and and going through that and through a series of events. You know, God moved and and uh, helped us uh, start our own place here, which we call RPM Ranch, and and uh, which stands for Ride Prosperously Ministries, and it's our goal to help young men ride prosperously through life and and to achieve great success through following Christ and and being uh, uh, drawn closer to Him and looking to Him for direction. It's one heck of a journey you've been on, and. It's interesting how you stay in the cult starting realm, but God had feed you through different paths and rivers uh, in that journey. A lot of what we do is is teaching transitional decisions in life and how do you navigate those waters because oftentimes there's no instruction manual, right? You come to a fork in the road and which fork are we going to take? So I want to kind of pick your brain. You had mentioned that you thought God might have wanted you to go to Bible college. What, what was going on in your life where you felt God spoke to you in that transition? And then how did you build confidence in that decision to know that's the route that you wanted to go? Yeah. Um, you know, life was great. I lived in a little, uh, it was a camper trailer, but it was a nice little trailer that I was working on a ranch. And, and uh, I had a little dog, a little blue healer dog, and it was just me and that dog. And I just, I, I just remember that I loved where I was living. I loved what I was doing. And I thought, I, I just kept, I, I couldn't get away from giving God the glory for that. I just uh, kept thanking God every day for the life I lived. And, uh, but I'll tell you one thing that I kept doing is, is, uh, is praying and reading my Bible. And I would just, I'd read my Bible. I just kind of, at that time, even then I didn't have a cell phone. It was just uh I, you know, there was no social media. There was, I didn't even have cable TV. I was just kind of living up in Northern Idaho, uh, uh, just working on a ranch up there. And I wasn't, and I just kind of was enjoying life and as reading books and but reading the Bible and, and I just through God's word, he really kind of speaks to you and gives direction. And, um, and, I, and, and so the other thing, it's amazing. I going to start putting all these pieces together after you asked me that I, I start seeing it uh, come through, but uh, but but the three things I guess I was doing, uh, and, and not that I was great at it, but but I was praying uh, every day. I'd pray a little bit, and I was reading my Bible, trying to, you know, it, it wasn't like I was sitting up for hours reading it, but I I tried to read my Bible every day a little, and and I was going to church on Sundays, and uh, one one church service, I uh, there was a guest speaker and talked about. Uh, the uh uh how the grasp that uh i think it was even talking about rock music the grasp rock music had on on the lives of people and and some of the stories of uh, he showed a little video of of some musicians that had had uh, turned away from their music and back to god and they were given a lot of testimony and and anyway that I wasn't really, I didn't care a lot about music at the time, but it was, but what touched me a lot, I guess, or made me think was that, uh, these guys that turned away from, from what they saw had a hold of their heart and kept them from God. And they went back to God and I, and I just, I went home that night and I, uh, I had to ask myself, did horses have a bigger hold on my heart than God did? And I remember praying and asking God to, use me however he wants and that I'm not, I don't want horses, though they were my first love on this earth. I did not want horses to have control over my heart more than God did. And, uh, and that's kind of where it started. And, you know, for a year, for a couple of years after that, nothing actually happened. I just felt like at that time, that's when God was starting to move in my heart to, to maybe be open for something. And it wasn't until about uh, two years after that, that I wind up making a decision to go to Bible college, but, uh, but it was, uh, that's kind of where it started. Yeah. I'll tell you what, in, in my experience, it's interesting looking back. I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? When you look back down the road, yeah. it all kind of makes sense and you kind of push the pieces together and see how the puzzle kind of developed. But for me as well, when, when I decided the transition out of law enforcement needed to take place and 
using horses to help humans is where I needed yeah. to be. I mean, that, that seed was planted probably five or six years before the transition actually took place. Wow. I, I didn't see it at the time, right? At the time it was just, well, you know, I enjoyed being around the horse and then it became, well, the horse is teaching me some things that I could directly apply to my life. And then it became, well, hold, hold on here. You're developing a skill set. And there's a lot of warriors hungry for that skill set. Maybe you should give some of that away, realizing that it was God who entrusted me with this skill set, not a skill set of my own. Right. But it's crazy to see how, and I'm sure you probably started way earlier than that on me, but I can look back about five years back on the journey and see how the transition started and how he just gave me one little success or maybe one little nudge or maybe saved me, pulled me away from another scenario or circumstance and and here we are quite a few years down the road. So I'm always fascinated when people make these big life decisions, right? Whether it's leaving one profession to go to another or in your case, stepping out on your own, you know, that's a, that's a big, tough life decision to make. And I always like to hear how people navigate those decisions, given their weight and the severity of, of such decision. Boy, yeah. I want to go back a little bit more in your history, back when you talked about leaving at 16 years old to go learn how to work horses. Talk to me about some of that experience. I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge responsibility for any 16-year-old to take on. But let's talk about some of those experiences that you had working on that place because I would venture to say a lot of those experiences kind of drive the formation of RPM Ranch and kind of drive your heart at, the, at this point in your life. Yeah, yeah, boy, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, so my brothers and I, we all... Play, I have two brothers, and, and we all played baseball, and uh, we were also wrestlers during the uh, winter months and then baseball players in summer months, and and uh, we're really close, just a year apart each, and so we were all on on uh, the same team. Uh, there was a, a – we didn't have a school team, but we had a summer traveling team, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I played second base. My uh, younger brother was a catcher, and my older brother was uh, – uh, third baseman and uh, and we all started and we all were in the top four in the batting order i mean we were just a kind of a big part of the team and and i loved it but but it kind of I, it, it was that year i was reading a book by ray hunt actually i was in the back of a my uh, mom's suburban and i was reading a book by ray hunt and we're going down the road and i just was in i was just enthralled i've always loved horses but i was really just amazed at the what he was saying and and the idea of starting a horse and riding it and the way he was talking about doing it and and um uh and i wanted to learn more and so i I tell you the truth i don't even remember how i got connected with that that triple seven ranch but oh i do so that's a there was a friend of my parents that that knew them down there and knew i was interested in horses and had kind of said something about them and and uh and so we got in contact with them and kind of dad talked to some details with them. And, and I had to make the decision at that time, you know, I had to either play baseball uh, or I had to go down to this ranch, work on this ranch for the summer. And, and, uh, and I had two of my best friends were in a, on the baseball team and my two brothers were on the baseball team. And, and that was kind of a hard decision just because I didn't want to leave that. But, but you know, there's a verse. There's a in uh, Proverbs. There's a verse there that that talks about. It says, "Through desire, a man having separated himself seeks and intermeddles with all wisdom." And you know that I didn't know that verse at that time. But as I look back, is when you have a desire strong enough to do something, you separate yourself from things. You separate yourself that's from things that aren't going that way. You're not. You know, greatest friends, the greatest sport, everything that I loved doing, uh, I had to just make a decision and go off on my own and do something because I had a desire strong enough to do it. And and that's uh, that's one thing I try to always encourage our young men is, is man, get a desire strong enough to do something. That's what that's what will separate you from the drugs. That's what will separate you from the friends. If you can develop a desire strong enough to be successful somewhere, it'll it'll separate you from the things you shouldn't be around. And, and so even though that stuff was good, it wasn't where I wanted to go in life. And so, so I made a decision to not play baseball and, uh, and to spend my summer down in Farron, Utah at a place called the triple seven ranch. And, and didn't know these people, 
I mean, nowadays it would sound crazy to send your 16 year old boy in a, to a place he's never been yeah. to some people he's never met. And, and I, they put me up in a little camper and, and I had to buy my own groceries and, and we had to pay them to let me stay there with them a little. It wasn't much, but I remember they just wanted a little room and board, but, but that they would teach me. And, and I, I mean, I built fence for them and I, I uh, did all kinds of work for him, but but every day they would take a guy, Bob Toomer's guy that worked with me mostly, and he'd take me inside a round pen and he'd help me with the horse and and uh, uh, just they had Skipper W bred horses and they were nice and and I just I just really uh, enjoyed working there. Um, you know, there was never anything. I can't think of a defining moment at that time. Well, my stay was there that that solidified my walk with God. Other than one thing these guys did, uh, was they used the round pen. They would do these round pen demonstrations. And with that, they would teach the Bible. And so as they'd work with the horse in the round pen, they continually taught, uh, the, the word of God to the people who were there. They, they would relate what the horse was going through as he's trying to figure out this round pen life, uh, to what we go through as humans trying to figure out this Christian life and there are steps of rebellion or, or confusion. And I remember them, you know, I, I just remember them using the horse and the round pen to teach uh, salvation and to teach who Jesus Christ was and our relationship with him. And, and, you know, that, that, I guess that must've planted a seed because that was, that idea has become the, basically the mantra of, what we do here at RPM Ranch. So let's get into RPM Ranch. Let's start with, you know, how it first developed and, and how it's progressed. Yeah, sure. Um, so we started February of this year, 2023. It, it, it's a different, a little different story in some regard. Uh, when I came down here to Missouri, I worked for this, this boarding school. Uh, it was called Agape Boarding School. And uh, they went through a lot of trials and tribulations in the later years uh i'd been here for 12 years and they had uh i started a horse program and we saw so much good come of it we were able to teach the bible and teach jesus christ and teach a successful life to young men who had very little hope and and so many of them got it and they they were successful and and then there was a uh, anytime you do something for God and you bring Jesus into something, there's going to be some people who are against that. And, and uh, just a few. Yeah, just a few. And so there was a there was a several groups that that started uh, making some noise uh, about how we use the Bible to uh, intimidate and use the Bible to uh, uh, abuse kids and different things. It was really a sad deal. And and uh, of course, nothing nothing was ever. Uh, any kind of a proven thing they just like to talk on social yeah, media false stuff. allegations yeah 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 exactly and so and at first you just think uh these guys will go away and uh but unfortunately society kind of likes hearing stuff and so mm-hmm. it it uh you know over a couple of years it started gaining some traction and and uh and after some time even though they could never prove anything and nothing was ever uh, you know nothing ever came to a, a head that way it created enough of a stir that it made it hard to, to, uh, get any students. And there was, uh, um, there was just, uh, uh, too many things going on and it got too much of the, their, the school had to shut down because they're, they, they weren't able to bring in, uh, enough funding or to keep, to stay open. And so at that point, my wife and I just got to praying about what are we going to do here? You know, we're basically, uh, we, we, when we came up here, we brought 14 horses with us and that was the only horses they had on the place was the horse wow. we brought with us. Yeah. And, uh, and at the time of the school's closing, we had over 150 horses and God had just blessed tremendously and they were well-bred and we had a good program going and I was like, what are we going to do? We don't want, I hate to just sell all these horses at an auction and be done with it. I hate to just, I don't even know where to go. And, but I'll tell you, talking about decisions, Jason, one thing that, uh, that God had planted in my mind is that, is that he will always call me to something. He doesn't call me from something mm-hmm. because when mm-hmm. God calls you from something, that just means you leave, but you don't have direction. Mm-hmm. When he calls you to something, that means you leave because you have a direction. And, and that was something that God made really real in my life. And so all I kept telling my wife is, hey, I don't feel God 
you know, let's keep playing about this, but I don't feel like calling us anywhere. And, but there's nothing here now, but yeah. I don't know what we're going to do. And, and, uh, there was a there's a guy who really believed in our program and and he wanted to help us out and he he said this place needs to continue and and there's actually several people that had had said similar things and and one guy we got to talking to was uh you know i didn't have you know we worked in ministry and ranches all my life so i didn't have anything built up or any kind of uh something where i thought i could buy the place but but this guy was willing to uh put down a down payment for us if we would if we would uh, commit to working and and then paying our monthly bills and stuff and so we prayed about it and we were able to buy 100 acres and the horses uh through a loan through the bank that uh, uh one guy that had supported us was uh, he helped us with the down payment and and i'll tell you when god calls you to something and he doesn't tell you to leave when things change if you just kind of hang in there he he's he's got a plan and uh so so now we started in February our own deal and uh, and it's been some struggles I mean it's been crazy but, uh, but and God is <laughs> there's God always going to so be good. Yeah. yeah 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 it just shows you the goodness of God cuz things have been things have been weird but but great you know and so we get to see God work every day I mean it's like we rely on God every single month to meet our bills and it wasn't like you know before I was on a paycheck and I had I, there's a little security and all that, and but now it's like, God, I need you. You know, yeah, something's I, gotta I, I show up. Yeah, exactly. And it's been such a great journey, and and I and I, I just love God and I love what He does, and and I love the opportunity. So, so yeah, that's how we got into RPM Ranch here, and and we just basically we just decided to stay and and start our our own program on the same place, and and so we were able to secure the mares uh and and almost all the horses and so so we're still running a horse breeding program we've we've got uh about 45 brood mares and and we've got a good bunch of colts that we're raising and 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 you know god's just been been so good to us jason so so that's where where we're at is is we're just trying to we had a good sale and that went a long ways to helping us pay our bills um you know it's uh I, I didn't realize how many bills there were. On this I was going to say, with the amount of horses you guys got, that's a feed bill and a half. Oh, man. I just, <laughs> I just, it, and especially this year, hey, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, we're just kind of relying on God to help us pay our feed bill, to help us uh, pay our grocery bill and our gas bill. And uh, and it's it's fun. It's been an incredible journey so far, and it's just getting started. But, but uh but yeah, so so our goal is to, I mean, I, like I told, I tell my guys all the time, I said, you know, we're not here. I'd rather be in ministry and not be in the ranching world than to be in the ranching world and not be in the ministry. So Amen. If, this place, if this place isn't going to honor God and help some young men, I don't want to be here. Yeah. Let's close it down. So so that's our goal this whole time is get everything in order and do it right. I want, I don't want anything to be shoddy work or or you know not not premium quality mm -hmm. i want everything to be right and so so it takes a little bit longer um, i think we could have opened our doors by now but it would have been things left undone and and i but but i you know there's a lot of smart people in the state yeah. and they have requirements and they have a lot of and then they go to school and they know what they're talking about so so uh, i'm i want to follow their regulations even if they're not for private entities, but I, yeah. I want to make everything right. Yeah. And so, uh, so that's, we're trying to button all that up. Uh, but it's been an incredible journey so far, Jason. Yeah. Heck yeah. So let's talk about the vision of RPM ranch. Okay. Who exactly do you serve and how do you serve? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, of course we serve the Lord, but the Bible says that if you love me, you will love my children and you'll love the least of my children. And, and, you know, so we, we, our service, my, God's given me a heart for young men. And I know there's lots of young ladies out there that need some help. And I think there's a lot of programs out there that I wholeheartedly support and behind a million times. But, but, uh, you know, for, for my, on my plate and on, and for my vision, God's uh, given me a heart for young men. I, I believe that young men are the most forgotten part of our society. You know, unfortunately, in the times that we live, uh, 
uh, young men are discouraged from being masculine. They are discouraged from uh, being, uh, you know, if, if they show any testosterone, they are taught that that's wrong. Uh, I, it, well, you walk around our, our towns and our, our, you know, the mall or anywhere where there's young men and young men are dressed sloppy. Their heads are down. They shuffle their feet. They're on their phone. Their shoulders are slumped. And you look around young ladies, they're, they're standing straight. Their eyes are forward. They walk with purpose, which is great. I think that they should be different, but I do think our young men should be different. I want our young men to walk with purpose again and to walk with a presence that, that tells them that they are there to be leaders in life. And, and, uh, you know, you read the Bible at all, uh, you do find that, uh, that God has a great purpose for all of us, but he did, uh, he did create young men to be, uh, to be leaders. And he wants, he wants men to lead in things and men have dropped that ball. They have either led, uh, wrongly and, and through a domineering spirit that is, is not biblical or they have just relinquished their opportunity to lead and happy of not taking responsibility. And, and so, so our vision is to try to help young men grow into leaders and to follow the Bible and, and, uh, uh, what they're supposed to do in life. And God's given them a, uh, given them a great responsibility of leadership and our young men are, they don't even know it half the time. So, so our vision is, is basically threefold. Um, I think young men lead and, uh, they need to learn leadership and that's why we have horses. Our horsemanship, uh, classes teach leadership, teach biblical leadership. It's a servant leadership where, where we feed, uh, where we clean feet, where we clean stalls and we, we sweat and we work and we give it all for the betterment of the horse, just like a leader should do for the betterment of those who follow him as, as he lives his life for, for those that follow him. And he's, he's up early because there's people who count on him and he sweats because there's people who count on him and he makes hard decisions because there's people that count on him. And, and that's what the horsemanship will teach our, our young men. And, uh, the second thing is we, I think we, they need to learn trades we need to learn how to read a tape measure and, and, uh, use a hammer and and so we have a, a a wood shop and a welding shop and and a blacksmith shop and a leather shop and teach them to create and build something with their hands and <clears throat> and so uh and then the thirdly i think one of the greatest needs of our young men is finances they're so used to not having to learn what a checkbook is in a register and, and i think if young men can learn how to run finances and not rely on a on a secretary or on a mother or a, uh, on a wife or, or on a, you know, somebody else, whoever that is to run their finances. They, they, you know, money is, money's a lot of power in money. So, so they need to be in control of that. So those are the three things that we really offer. And they all, of course, are centered around the Bible. Our vision is really to help young men find direction in life through the Bible and through the, uh, responsibility that God's given them to be leaders. What an incredible time to to grab a hold of these young men and develop those strong foundations and give them a launching pad to to set off from. I wholeheartedly believe that the father can fix the wrongs in this country and part yeah. of what, part of what we do at Day 6 Ranches is, is help those develop a skill set to where they can contribute, where they can see their own value, where they can understand their own power, where they can understand their God-given rights and abilities. And we developed that for the purposes of stewardship. All that we've done in our life, not only myself, but here at Day Six Ranch, I mean, they're, they're gifts from God that we've been entrusted with. We have to be stewards of those opportunities and we have to pass those along. And, and that's how we move the needle of humanity. And I think it's such an incredible role for you to take on because that's how we're going to affect generational change. You know, I'm reading a couple books on leadership and biblical leadership and specifically pertaining to a man's role in that and it talks about fatherhood and the importance of fatherhood and the influence of fatherhood and studies have shown that a father's decision making and abilities has the ability to impact and affect upwards of three or four generations within their lineage wow so to think of the power in that right you're taking a 16 year old boy now and it's his great grandchildren that could potentially benefit from the seeds that you're planting today I mean, you want to talk about power. Yeah, that's incredible. You know, and I think it's impossible to be perfect. Yep. But we just need to try our darndest. And if we do see a hole or a void, 
And I really loved what you talked about, God drawing you to things rather than pushing you away. I mean, when I talk to folks who are making big major decisions, that's one of the first questions that I ask. Are you running to something or are you running from something? Yeah, right. Because the intention and the strength and the perspective behind each of those is vastly different, vastly different. And if you're running from something, that's usually fear-driven. There's usually something uncomfortable and you're afraid of taking on a challenge. And the contrast to that is yeah. if you're running to something, I mean, I don't know your experience, but in my experience, if I'm running to something and it's what I need to do, there's very few challenges that I'm not willing to find, find a solution or just push through. Right. For you to start to develop some of that confidence within the young man, for you to develop skill sets within the young man is, is incredible because you're you're putting protectors and providers out there in the world. And I think it's a fair statement to say that the world needs a few more of those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not kidding. I'll tell you, it's, uh, I, it's amazing the influence that a father has. That's, that's incredible what you just said that up to, you know, a couple generations, the influences. And, and I'm trying to think back on my own life and I know that uh, I barely knew my great grandparents, but I really respected them. Yeah. And, you know, I, 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 the the one grandpa that I can really remember much at all was uh, I w- I feared him you know he just seemed like an old strong man that, yeah. that I didn't know he didn't smile he was but even to this day I kind of look up to him and just but it but he started something he was a hard worker from Germany that came over and was just a, but I know he started something that is affecting me to this day and and uh, man he put it in perspective because I didn't. You know, God's never given my wife and I the ability to have kids, so we're uh, we love dealing with kids, and uh, and and maybe one day we will have kids. I don't know, but so far that's not been in our in our life. And mm-hmm. uh, but but we get to affect a lot of kids, and to think that I could be affecting, like you said, not only them but their kids and their grandkids is a. Uh, I, yeah, puts his perspective on it. I didn't even think about Jason, so that's pretty incredible. Think of the parable, right, of a, of a pebble being tossed in a in a lake, and the ripple effect yeah. of that. I mean, that's just one. That pebble represents one young man that you've worked with. I, think of the resume that you have yeah. in, the, in the hundreds of kids that you've worked with. I mean, there's exponential families that are potentially better as a result of the work that you guys have been entrusted with, and and the work that you've stayed faithful to. So don't uh, don't sell yourself short in the slightest, my friend. Yeah, well, man, I yeah, sure appreciate that. That's uh, that's incredible. What it's incredible what God can do. And and like I say, when you're drawn to something instead of running from something, you definitely are a lot more focused. Instead of looking behind your back all the time as you're leaving, you're you're you're, you're zeroed in on yeah, something. Yeah, eyes are forward. Yeah, eyes forward exactly. So let's talk about the sale. We just ran through the sale here in August, but tell us about the format. Tell us about the intentions. Tell us about the goals with that sale and building it yeah, out for, so the, for the next year. You bet. Well, we're, uh, Lord willing, we're going to have our boys working with horses. Uh, our, our intention is always, I, I love, we, we've always done something that shouldn't really be done. And I would never, I, I would never advise to do it, but uh, we would put green boys with green horses, but it, it's a whole different format. We take lots and lots of time and, and uh, really slowly, but teaching young boys how to work with young horses because it really it really opens up and encourages their the, the strength of their leadership. And But that's typically what we're doing. Now, our sale this year, we didn't have any boys because we're still getting through all of our regulations and different stuff we've got to get done, but 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 yeah so the whole sale is formatted around a we've, we we just we start two-year-old horses and then we sell started two-year-old colts and that's basically what we do we'll always we'll have a handful of uh, unstarted two-year-olds because there's some people that like those and we'll have a, a handful of unstarted yearlings that are just halter broken mm-hmm. and that's typically the type of horses that we sell they're all registered quarter horses mostly foundation breeding uh, there's a lot of Poco Bueno and Cutter Bill, and and then we've got a little bit of Leo Hancock Hayes stuff in there. Yeah, heck yeah. Uh, and then they're, yeah, and they're uh, and then we've got uh, we're we're getting a few a couple st- studs now that are more modern bloodlines. Uh, uh, we used a son of one time Pepto, and and getting getting a little bit of that mixed in there too. Just and and so that's kind of how our horses look. 
uh, they're, we're looking for a good foot and good bone. And then our, our pedigree is, is not on the top of the list, but it's, it's, uh, it's high enough up there that it's going to count for something. And there's a, but, but we want disposition, uh, good foot and bone. And then, uh, we get a little bit of color going to, we mostly, mostly buckskins and palominos and some, uh, red roans and blue roans and, and things. And then, uh, and of course you got the, the good old bays and sorrels in there too. Yeah. They're, they're usually the best ones, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I'll tell you there. So that's kind of the type of horses, mostly ranch type horses with little cow sense in them. And, yes, sir. uh, but, but our format is, uh, we're a little different in our sale because we don't no sale anything. There's no bottom oh, no uh, dollar on anything. It's, uh, you come as a buyer, you Buy tell us what they're worth. And, uh, and if they sell for 500 bucks, they sell for 500, they sell for 5,000, they sell for 5,000. And, and, uh, I really want to make, uh, so our sales started out as for our boys, you know, I always feel like what we get out of the horses when we're teaching the boys is we got, we got the good out of them. Mm-hmm. And so if we just sell a horse for a nickel, that's just a nickel profit to us. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of the, the mentality we want to maintain with it is, is if you come to our sale and you bid on a horse, there is, there is no ghost bidders. There is no bottom dollar we expect to reach. There's just a, a whatever the crowd gets to tell us what the horses are worth and they will have a new home that afternoon. And, and, uh, it's a wholesome on a sale. Exactly. And, and so what I'm looking for is most, most sales, most auctions, and, and I understand why, and I'm not saying he's even a bad thing, but most auctions are geared towards the sellers because, you know, they get commission. And the income, to, yeah. Yeah. And so, but what I wanted, I've always wanted to gear our sale towards our buyers. So, uh, like one thing we do is we give away door prizes. Uh, so you don't, it doesn't cost you anything. You just have to get a bidder's number and, and, uh, our bidder's number have, uh, have, have a perforated edge on it with, with a second, uh, a copy of their number. And we tear that off and put it in the, in a box. And, and so as they come, we, we do that. We give away uh, about 10 prizes at the start of our sale. And, and I mean, and they're nice prizes. We give away Tom Balding bits and, Holy and, smokes. uh, Cordova coolers and, and, you know, some, uh, just a, some nice stuff horse some good, good saddle blankets and, and, uh, just try to help thank people for coming and being a part of it. And then mm-hmm. we also at, at noon, we, we feed the crowd. Uh, we, we do pulled pork and brisket every year and feed them sandwiches and, and get everybody, taken care of that way and and then uh and most typical years this year we didn't do it but but every year otherwise we have a clinician come out and we we put on a free clinic nor typically it's kurt pate uh Mm -hmm. and we've had a few others come out but uh but but we'll give put on free clinics and they come out to our sale and get to learn something from from someone like that and um and then the the other thing we do is that the whoever buys our high selling horse, uh, I build saddles on the side, so uh, I give away a custom built saddle to whoever buys the highest high selling horse. Holy smokes! So dang. So yeah, it's a uh, it's our our goal. And oh, and another thing that we started a couple years ago that we're going to continue on as RPM Ranch now is is we started a futurity, and so anyone who's bought a horse from us in the past. Uh, can come back and show that horse in a three and four year old futurity, and uh, we give away ten thousand dollars in prizes uh, in that futurity. So, so there's a seven thousand dollars to the first place winner, and two thousand to the second place, and a thousand to third place. And so we're really trying to encourage people to come, not only come to the sale, but then if you buy a horse, to go out. Heck yeah, come on back and compete them. Yeah, yeah, come go ride them, go do something with them, and and then come show us what you've done and. Um, so, so yeah, our, we really, we really want to just, when people come, we want them to feel like they're coming to an event and coming to a good time and that they are special guests because they really are. I mean, just the people who bought all of our, our, uh, hats and shirts, that was just, that was such a humbling thing to me that so many people bought that stuff. And it was, uh, I was, I was just so thankful for that, but, but I, we want, we want the buyers to come and feel like that they're just uh, in a place where they can rest easy, family environment. There's no alcohol. There's no, you know, nothing like that. And it's just, uh, uh, you know, a, a wholesome place. And, and so they can just, and they can rest assured that we won't have any ghost bidders or anything else because uh, we believe what God's given us through the horse uh, and what we've gotten out of that horse is 
everything we wanted, but we have to make room for the new horses and the new boys. And so we've got to sell them and, and whatever we sell them for is, is what we're, you know, we're very happy with that. So, so it, it does. And I think God uses that to pay our bills and to pay our hay bill and things. So it's, uh, uh, so that's kind of the, the way our sale works. That's awesome. And that's August of every year is what you shoot for, right? Yes, sir. Yep. So we're shooting for the towards about mid to late August every year. This year it was the 18th and 19th. And the reason why that time of year is because we have, uh, we're hoping that boys are working through the summer here and trying to get them uh, back in time to start school. And gotcha. so, and so it's a two day deal. Uh, the first day is our futurity uh, in that morning on that Friday at nine o'clock in the morning would be our futurity. And at one o'clock would be uh, our, uh, 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 our clinic that we would put on. And then at nine o'clock in the morning on Saturday would be our, uh, our preview for our sale horses. And then at, at uh, one o'clock is our sale. Good stuff. So how do people get connected with RPM Ranch? Uh, we've got a web page. It's called rpmranch.org. Org. So it's just uh, rpmranch.org. Uh, uh, so that's uh, uh, it's kind of like revolutions per minute, but yes, sir. that's not what it stands for. <laughs> <laughs> so right prosperously ministries. And, yes, and sir. so uh, we're a, we're a nonprofit. And uh, we have uh, we have a, a ranch here that God's blessed us with, and we are, are uh, you know, we're just uh, we just want to help young men, and and uh, and I'll tell you, we're we're praying about which direction we should go with that. There's a little bit of a thought here we might turn into a full time year round school. Uh, currently, we've just been running camps, and mm-hmm. that was our whole goal. Uh, like for instance, uh, Jason, one thing we got coming up is. Uh, in October, 1st of October, we're weaning all of our colts. And I really uh, am trying to get a camp set up to where I can bring kids in to, to halt or break some colts because it's such a really cool time to yeah. teach the Bible when you start, you know, colts are first introduced to, to mankind and the first time they have a halter on and just those steps. And it's just a really, really neat time to teach the Bible. So so we're, we're getting geared up for that uh, here coming up. And so... So, yeah, we're just excited to see where how God's going to direct that. But the other way you can reach me is I've got uh, I've got two phone numbers that uh, uh, my personal cell phone number, uh, which is three zero seven nine four nine zero six zero two. And then our our business number is four one seven three zero seven three nine two five. So. So, yeah, any questions or or things I'd sure uh, love to for people to reach out to us and and anything that we can do to help um, if, uh, if someone's got a young man that really needs help and, and wants direction uh that's the one thing there that kind of hinders us and it's it's uh if you know we, we want to help as many young men as we can but they have to uh come to a point in their life where they want that direction yeah very uh, we, true yeah we we're, we are not a correctional facility. We are not a correctional program. We are not a, yeah, we're not a, a disciplinary program. We're, I tell people we're a directional program. Yeah, guidance. We offer direction. We offer guidance and we, we give them a target to shoot at and we tell them how to hit it. And, and, uh, if they don't want it, then, you know, it's, it's, it's something that we just have to say, you know, I, uh, sorry that we can't help you. I wish we could, but yeah, now's not the time. Yep, no, it's not the time. So sometimes they're just not ready for it. But, but if if there's a young man out there that wants help, that that, that wants to get out, that you know desires it bad enough, he wants to separate from the bad crowd or the whatever it is, or maybe he just doesn't have a father at home that can teach him that kind of stuff. You know, that's that's who we really want to help, and uh, those that, that need it and want it. So, so uh, yeah, we're we're excited. Good stuff, my man. So, as we wrap every show, we like to share some life advice. And the way I'd pose a question to you is that if you were to give yourself advice when looking back at previous season or previous chapters of your life, what advice would you share? (laughs) Uh, Have faith and be patient. Uh, I'll tell you, that's something that I have learned so much this year is that uh, I every time I try to push something because I don't want to wait on God to answer me or to move, it doesn't really turn out very good. And, 
And when God moves, he moves big. And uh, so look at it this way, Jason. I, I hear people talking about how oh, we've done so much damage to the environment. It's going to take thousands and thousands of years to repair the damage that we've done. And uh, uh, or, you, you know, we go through a drought that is so terrible. They'll say, oh, it'll take us 100 years to recover from this drought. But God can bring a rain that will last three days that they will say just the opposite. Like, oh, we've had so much rain and so much flooding. It's going to take us years and years to recover from this. And 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 uh, one thing I've learned is God moves. He, he, God moves subtly, but he can move big. And yeah. And if we sometimes when we force something or we get panicky and so we go ahead and pull the trigger when God's not pulling the trigger, uh, things don't turn out so good. And, and so but we feel like we're getting behind the eight ball. And we feel like we're not not getting something done. But God doesn't take but a second to do something so big that it it recovers all the time you feel like you've lost. And and so uh, so, boy, I guess that'd be my my thought for the day here is is to wait on God to move and have faith that he will. And you just keep getting up early in the morning and going to work and doing your deal that you're supposed to do. And when God moves, you'll see something big happen. So incredible. So incredible. What, what encouraging advice. And uh, I could heat a little bit of that myself because I tend to mash the gas a little bit and my expectations are <laughs> yeah. quite unrealistic in most most aspects. <laughs> yeah. I, I can believe that about you, Jason. Yeah. You're kind of high speed guy. Yeah, we kind of, if we're going to go, we're going to go. That's usually how we yeah. go. Right? Exactly. Well, Riley, yeah. I can't thank you enough for setting time aside for us here at Day 6 Ranch Podcast. We are so excited for all that you have going for Ride Prosperously Ministries. And if there's anything that we can do to help support the cause or, or disseminate information, obviously you know how to get a hold of me, and we'd love to support you in any way we can. Well, thanks, Jason. It's been such a pleasure to be here with you this morning, and to, and thanks for letting me talk on your podcast here. Heck it means yeah. a lot. I really appreciate what you're doing with the Day Six Ranch and and uh, honoring God's creation, honoring what what God has given man with the horse, and and I'm so glad to be a part of it this morning. Yes, sir. Thank you much. We'll see you on the next one. Okay, sounds good. Have a good day. Thanks for joining us on Day 6 Ranch Podcast. If you are looking to build a legacy-worthy lifestyle, we encourage you to visit day6ranch.com and stay connected through our monthly newsletter, explore our free content, and dive into our leadership and human optimization educational opportunities. As always, subscribing to our show is a huge help. But more importantly, if a message you heard today moved you, then please share the show with just one person who may benefit from the same message. We must continue to take care of our own, so stay in the fight, and we'll see you on the next one.